Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It's Friday, December the 10th, 2021. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss tonight's NBA main slate. We've got nine games on both DraftKings and FanDuel, and then later we have the Yahoo slate pop in there with a seven-game main slate. We will be going over all nine games here on this podcast and uh, really appreciate everybody joining. I know it's a busy Friday. Believe it or not, two weeks from today is Christmas Eve. Say what? Yeah, exactly. We better get some uh, get some gifts done and get some things happening here because in two weeks, it is Christmas Eve. Amazing. A uh, wild day here in Dallas, too. It's supposed to be, we're supposed to set an all-time record for 86 degrees two weeks uh, before Christmas, basically. Very bizarre, but uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, uh, it stays nice and warm. All right, exciting today to uh, excited today to get into this slate. One thing I want to ask as we start this podcast is, uh, and again, this is not the norm, but I want to get this out there too. If when you're listening to the pod, give us a, a quick uh, thumbs up, subscribe button on YouTube. And then what I'm asking for today is just a comment on uh, our podcast as far as what we're delivering. If you love what we're delivering now, let us know that. If you have some suggestions of other things that you'd like to see added into the podcast, this is a great time to do that. Stuff that you don't think is important that you want deleted, uh, let us know that too. Uh, you know, ultimately, I've tried to fine tune this podcast down to what I think can have the most punch to help all of our listeners build those winning lineups. But if there's stuff that uh, I'm missing or stuff that I'm including that, that's not necessary, uh, I would love to hear from our listeners. I mean, we do uh, for all of you guys, gals out there. Uh, and what we're trying to do most is make sure that, you know, we're getting you exactly what you want and that you're going to tune in and listen to us every day. Uh, this is all in front of the paywall. Again, seven day a week NBA coverage. And, you know, we want to grow this channel. So, you know, let me know exactly what you do or do not want. If you want it to stay the same and, and you enjoy what we're producing, then just uh, let us know that, too. And then, you know, let some people know to also listen in. Uh, we want to definitely grow this. And uh, on YouTube uh, is, is really key for it. Also, if you're listening to us audio-wise, you know, anywhere a podcast can be heard, we're everywhere. Um, you know, let some people know that. Also, shoot us a five-star and a comment there. Uh, same thing as we're doing with YouTube uh, viewers and listeners. If, uh, if you're just on the audio side and you're on Apple Podcasts or whatever, give us that rating. Let us know, you know, hey, coach, you know, can you add this? Or, you know, we don't really need this. Or we like, you know, what's going on now. So that's my big ask today on this busy Friday. I know we get a, a lot of listeners to join in. And I just want to fine tune and, and make this show as perfect as we can uh, to really uh, get everybody to enjoy it and to help them win. And then also, when you when you put some winners together from our uh, podcast, let us know. We'd love to show some love and you know announce those here uh, on on the podcast uh, each day. So let us know how that goes. So 
Appreciate that a lot. Uh, that really does mean a lot. If you want to join us here at, at Coach Talk, Friday's always a cool day to do our three-day pass. It's only $10. Just go to dfscoachtalk.com. If you get that three-day pass, you get all of our basketball and football uh, all weekend. Uh, Sunday's football mania. And then today, great nine-game slate. We have a seven-game slate on Saturday and then both basketball and football on Sunday. All right. We're going to get into this, and I love this slate. And believe it or not, the very first game on the slate is the highest total. That almost never happens. It's just uh, it's going to be very interesting because it is a game where all the statistics I really look at really do match up here. So uh, it is the Sacramento Kings and the Charlotte Hornets. Sacramento only favored by one, so you've got that check mark. Uh, very close game, 231 and a half on the, the total, which we never see 230 games in this NBA. Then how about this? We look for two teams over 110 on the total anymore. How about two implied totals of Sacramento 116.25, Charlotte 115.25? I, I do not believe we've had this. Uh, happen this season, and I fall. I do these every day. So, how much is too much in this game? You know, maybe a time to really step to the table. Even more stats, though, that are going to make you intrigued here. Sacramento comes in at eleven and fourteen. Charlotte fourteen and thirteen. Injuries: uh, Rashawn Holmes out for Sacramento. That's important news. And then big news all over the place. Uh, I mean, a who's who for Charlotte. You have Ball, McDaniels, Plumley, Rogier, and Smith. So four starters and then a, a good guard off the bench all out for Charlotte. Yet this game is the feature game on the slate as far as DFS goes. But it makes perfect sense. Let's back those up with the numbers. How about pace? Sacramento third, Charlotte second. That speaks to us. I mean, that you're not going to get much better than that. Offensive efficiency, Sacramento middle of the pack at 16, which isn't bad. It's improved since Gentry took over. Charlotte fourth, again, you know, four starters being out isn't going to help that, but these bench players have, have really been scoring the basketball. And then defensively, these teams are horrible, 26th and 29th respectively. So we've got so many opportunities to roster guys here. And, you know, you really may need to do it. I don't think you can fade this game or just do a one-off. It's too juicy, man. It has got too much uh, impact. So I'm probably going to have two, three guys minimum from this game, even though it's a nine-game slate. And uh, the funny thing is Yahoo's missing out on this because they're not doing the first two games. But – DraftKings and FanDuel all be all over that. You know, let's talk about the guys that are extremely rosterable here. De'Aaron Fox has been terrific since Gentry's taken over. He's His role and minutes have been even stronger. He's a respectable 7.9 upper mid-level pricing. Halliburton at 6.1 can throw some good games in. Then you've got a bunch of value guys that make sense. Terrence Davis at 4K. Uh, has played, started and played well for them in Gentry's, uh, you know, uh, new entry into the head coaching position. So he's a great value play. 
Harrison Barnes at 5'4". You know, he had, has one game under his belt coming back from injury. A little riskier there, but his, he's, his price has not been that low in a long time. Then it seems like this happens every month, and it always gives us a stomach ache. But somehow, some way, regardless of the team, Alex Len <laughs> has a way to find his way into a starting lineup. Now, we don't know he's starting for sure, but with Holmes sitting out, he may be the starting center here at 3.1. Now, am I recommending going there? Maybe a GPP shot, but I'm not going to recommend going there. I can tell you right now, I'm not, uh, not with all these great selections because they have such, you know, good options off the bench. I think Tristan Thompson is the big winner of uh, really Holmes being out. He's only 3.5. It looks like the rotation Gentry really likes him. He's been in there in closing time of games, and he would be the value play I'd go to if I had to choose between Len and Thompson. Of course, Buddy Hilde at 5-3 and Davion Mitchell at 3-4 uh, can also be considered. Bagley's getting it a little run at 3-7. Uh, but really, for me, it's you know it's more about the guys I know that are going to be in there. Fox, Halliburton, Davis being one, two, three that I really like. On the Charlotte side, Cody Martin, both Martin brothers going crazy all of a sudden. Uh, one for here for Charlotte and one in Miami. Uh, who would believe the Martin brothers would be a big talk of the NBA? But Cody's been solid, man. He's 5'7", so he's definitely rosterable. Kelly Oubre, we all know what he's been doing. Uh, he's the guy that stepped up more than anybody in the absence of all these starters being out. He's 7'8", which I don't think is a bad price for a guy that's getting that many shots up and that big of a, a part of the offense. I think he's a great play. Gordon Hayward at 7'3". He had an awakening this last game where he really stepped up, uh, and I think you can count on him. Uh, Miles Bridges is down to 7'7", seven, seven, which is a little bit more realistic. He was getting into some, you know, eight numbers that were a little bit tough to swallow. Still not going to go with that combination of bench guys, you know, Nick Richards, P.J. Washington, Book Knight, you know, those Thor. Thor got a lot of minutes at 3-1. I mean, those guys are all playable in GPPs. But for me, in my cash hybrids, I'm focusing on Martin, Ubre, Hayward, and Bridges, some combination thereof. So like I say, normally I'm very seldom heavily owned in early games, but it just happens that the best uh, DFS game, in my opinion, on the board is the first game. And I may walk out of this game very likely with four guys and then let it roll from there. So Wanted to spend a little extra time on that game because I think it is a key to the slate. All right, game two is also a 7 o'clock game, Dallas and Indiana. Uh, it is Indiana minus two, 2.12 and a half uh, total, 105.2, 105.25 for Dallas implied, Indiana 107.25. Dallas comes in at 12 and 12, Indiana at 11 and 16. Indiana's looking to shake it up. So, you know, if you saw the quotes yesterday, Miles Turner is really complaining, saying he's not valued there. He's ready to move. I know I've seen something similar, not from Levert, but from the beat writers that Levert's going to be gone. So expect Levert and Turner to move on uh, here by trade. How is that going to affect the rotation right now? You know, and what's going to happen with attitude, et cetera? 
that's what we need to figure out. Uh, as far as injuries go, uh, we've got uh, Sterling Brown is uh, questionable. Willie Cauley-Stein is out for Dallas. Uh, Justin Holliday, TJ McConnell, and TJ Warren are all out uh, for the Indiana Pacers. Statistically speaking, Dallas slow, 27th, Indiana 18th, nothing to write home about there. Not very offensive efficient, 20th for Dallas. Uh, in middle of the pack, Indiana 14. Defensive rating, dead middle, Dallas 15, Indiana 14. So, you know, the question is, do you look at Luka? That's always a question when you talk Mavs. He's 11K, gets Brogdon defense, and I think Brogdon's pretty decent. He'll get a little bit of Levert. Maybe, you know, they're, they're going to move people around on him. But uh, Luka is playing better. He's really stepped up huge the last game, but 11K is a little bit tough for me to, to bite off here. Porzingis is 8K, but he's got, you know, to deal with the double bigs and Sabonis and Turner. <clears throat> and uh, not sure how that's going to play out. You've got Brunson at a fair 5-2 off the bench, Hardaway 5-6. Not strong on the Dallas side for me, although this should be a competitive game. On the Indiana side, you know, Bigs against Dallas are, are a thing. Do you go with Sabonis at 9-7 as the big payup guy? He really played a great game last time out. Or Turner at 6-1. Is Turner going to be pissed off and come out and play like a maniac? Or is he going to sulk? And now that he said that, is Carlisle going to really, you know, sort of punish him? I, You know, watching Carlisle in the past, he doesn't uh, – it doesn't sit well with him when a player goes – outside of the locker room and makes a comment like that. So I'm concerned a little bit with Turner's uh, minutes. Now, I I know he's going to play and be in the rotation, but I would lean more towards Sabonis. I like that pay up at 9-7. Plus, he's the kind of guy that really hurts the Mavericks inside, a little bit stronger, less finesse, just power. Uh, you know, and, and Sabonis has a little bit of everything. And he can also draw out Porzingis or Paolo, who, whoever's guarding him, and he can knock down a three. So Sabonis, one of my favorite payups on the slate at 9-7. I think that he wants to solidify that he is part of, you know, the, the future with Brogdon and Duarte mainly uh, in what Indiana is going to reshuffle and put together. So definitely like the Sabonis side is a big payup. And then you can consider a cheap Laverted 5-8. Duarte at 4-4 had a really good game for me the other day. <clears throat> I think Reggie Bullock will guard Levert, though, and Bullock can defend, even though he can't drop the drop a ball in the ocean from three right now. But, uh, yeah, Duarte probably second choice there, but we'll have some exposure to that game. All right, game three, Brooklyn and Atlanta. We go to the 7:30 game. So we got the seven games now that are on the Yahoo slate, uh, the first two and these seven included in DraftKings and FanDuel. Atlanta's favored by one and a half against Brooklyn, which is a little surprising to me. I thought Brooklyn would be a point or two favorite. 226, really nice total, would be a good talk of the town if it wasn't for that Sacramento-Charlotte game. But 226, nothing to scoff at. You've got uh, 112.25 implied for Brooklyn. And 113.75 implied for uh, the Atlanta Hawks. Brooklyn comes in 17 and 8, Atlanta 13 and 12. Injuries Joe Harris and Kyrie Irving out. Cam Reddish 
is probable for Atlanta. So that uh, shuffles a little bit as far as the wing play. But the other two wings, Bogdanovich and Hunter, still remain out. Brooklyn is 11th in pace in the league. Atlanta only 21st, which is surprising. They played so fast last year. Offensively efficient teams, though. That's why you've got that 226 total. Brooklyn's eighth and Atlanta's second. So they do score. Both score the ball well. Brooklyn's defense is all the way up to six, which is truly an amazing turnaround from when they were 30th for a while last year. And Atlanta is 25th. They've sort of taken the other direction, and they're not defending well uh, whatsoever. So uh, you've got a arrested Kevin Durant. That is extremely scary. And James Harden coming off a James Harden kind of game. You know, can you afford either one? Do you play one or the other? I mean, you certainly can. I mean, Harden's 11-2, Durant's 10-8. So it's a monster commitment. And it does, you know, if you're going to play a guy like Sabonis, it's going to make it tough. Uh, You know, the pricing is, it's going to be value. Maybe stars and scrubs again. I mean, it's it's been going that way recently uh, just by necessity. So uh, certainly would you know, recommend either the Harden or uh, Durant play. Uh, Maybe Durant being slight edge just because he's rested and, you know, will probably play 38 minutes at least if this game stays as close as the spread says. So it's hard to get away from him here. He will get some decent defense internally, especially from like Collins Capella, but, you know, he's going to be raining threes in those mid-range jumpers too. So, Durant, certainly, I would say, be, would be one. Harden, 1A, uh, those guys certainly deserve uh, attention. Patty Mills at 5-1. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Patty Mills at 5-1, man. The guy gets minutes, he gets points, and he's value. So I would consider him. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, who sat, he's rested at 5-5, but he's got Capella to deal with and Collins, so not as high on him. All the rest of the bench guys for Brooklyn just – too much, you know, too much fear in the rotation. You know, Claxton's back in the rotation. James Johnson, Cam Thomas got a bunch of minutes. So really after Harden and Durant, you can give a, a peek to Mills. But when you start talking about Bembry, Aldridge, Johnson, Claxton, Thomas, Brown, Millsap, uh, I don't want to get in the mix of all those guys. Just way too tough to try to to pick the right guy that's going to just squeak to 5X. On the Atlanta side, you've got Trey Young at 10K, big payup. You know, nice matchup for him, though. Kevin Herter at 5'2". He's solid, but if Cam Reddish is back in there, that hurts him. And TLC, who's at 3'2", don't think you need to really go in this situation. Uh, I know they get minutes, and they're cheaper, and it's a high price or a high uh, total game. So, you know, you can consider maybe one of those uh, one of those guys, but let's see what that news is on Reddish. Uh, the two mid-level price guys, John Collins at 7-2 and Clint Capella at 7-7, both are in play. I think you can consider either one of them for one of your big spots and feel really good about it in this matchup. So I do like this game, and I will have exposure. All right, next game, game four, Knicks and Toronto. Toronto, another close spread here. Toronto favored by one, but a a paltry 207.5 total, 103.25 for the Knicks, 
104.25 for Toronto. So I'm not going to waste uh, an enormous amount of time on this game because I don't have a ton of interest in it. Knicks are 12 and 13, Toronto 11 and 14. Nerlens Dewell is probable, so you've got all that mix of bigs in the Knicks. That's a headache. We do need the news on on uh, Achua. He's questionable. That did raise up Birch a little bit uh, and Siakam and such. So let's get that news. Uh, Champagne with the greatest name in the league. He's questionable. Uh, Ananobi, Birch, and Dragic are all out. So for this game, again, not a ton of time to waste here. Burks at 6'4 is getting the majority of minutes at point, but you still have all those guys playing minutes uh, in rows and quickly. And it's just, it's a mess there. Uh, with Noel Robinson and Gibson, all those guys playing, again, it's just shared minutes all across the board. Don't trust Fournier or Baird enough on a, on a slate this big. So I will be Nicholas more than likely, and not Jack Nicholas, uh, New York Nicholas uh, in this game. Um, Fred Van Vliet at 8-8, a little too pricey for me in this slow of a game. Gary Trent's drifted up to 6-1. Uh, you know, if he's hot, he's going to he's gonna score some buckets, and he's he can be considered. Scotty Barnes, man, he looks better and better every game. He, is, he may be one of the best players to come out of this draft. He really may be. He's a triple-double type of guy eventually. But uh, at 7-6, it's going to be a little rough in this slow of a pace. If Achua sits and a lot of it falls in Siakam's lap again at 8-5, you can give him a consideration, but it is a little risky. After that, if you want to try to get value, Achua himself, if he plays without a minutes restriction at 4-6, Boucher at 4, Watanabe at 3.1. Uh, you can talk about those guys, but again, uh, very likely going to come out of this game with uh, zero uh, coverage. All right, Detroit Pistons and the New Orleans Pelicans at 8 o'clock. New Orleans is favored by 6. It's a 212 total implied for Detroit, 103 for the Pelicans, 109. As far as records, Detroit at a nifty 4-20, and 20, Pelicans at 7-20. and 20. So somehow these two teams have already combined for 40 losses. So that is not a whole lot of fun. Kelly Olenek remains out for the Pistons. Uh, Holmes, uh, Luzada, and, and Cheeseburgers Williamson uh, for the Pelicans all out. How do we look at this game? Is it exciting? Not really, to be honest with you. you got two bad teams here. Um, we've got nobody in tonight so far on back-to-backs except for Sacramento in that first game. I, I did not mention that, but I wanted to mention it now. Do I think that's a big deal? No. You know, Gentry's not a rest guy. Sacramento's got younger legs. I don't think that's an issue, but none of the other teams we've talked about so far are on any side of any back-to-backs. They're all on island games, uh, except the Kings being on the first night. So you've got two super young teams, island games. Uh, they're just not that good. You've got uh, Detroit 14th in pace, Pelicans 19th, offensive efficiency horrible 29th and 26th. But the defenses suck, 24th and 30th, dead last for the Pels. So, you know, there's some definite gems you could pluck out of this game. Um, you know, Kate Cunningham at 7'5", interesting for sure. 
Jeremy Grant at 7-4, Isaiah Stewart at 5-4. I think all those guys are worth mentioning. Um, on the, the Pelican side, Brandon Ingram, a little pricey at 8-7, but I expect him to have a nice game here. Joe Val at 8K can be definitely considered. This is the kind of game he uh, you know, really does well in. Herbert Jones at 4K is interested, interesting for me. He'll definitely at least make a GPP. He's getting more minutes and becoming a little bit stronger of a DFS player because he can, you know, get some stocks for you. And he's only, <clears throat> like I say, that 4,000. After that, you know, you've got some bench guys, but, you know, a little exposure here, maybe pluck out somebody like a Kate Cunningham uh, or Brandon Ingram to uh, really booster your lineup. All right, next game, another 8 o'clock game, Cleveland, Minnesota. Minnesota by one. All these uh, cl close spreads today are going to make these games a lot of fun. The total's only 213, though. 106 implied for Cleveland, 107 uh, for Minnesota. <clears throat> Cleveland comes in at 14 and 12, the surprise of the NBA. Minnesota at a respectable 11 and 14. They're trying to scratch their way back into uh, being relative. Minnesota's on the first night of a back-to-back. -back. I'm sorry, Cleveland is on their first night of a back-to-back. -back. Minnesota is on an island game. Uh, is that going to affect anybody here? I don't know. Uh, I doubt it because Cleveland is not showing any injuries. Uh, Minnesota has Pat Bev uh, probable. And the big news that we need that's very important, D'Angelo Russell is questionable, and that shifts that entire usage scheme for the uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, statistically speaking, uh, in this game, Cleveland's 26 pace, Minnesota sixth. So nice pace up for Cleveland. Offensive efficiency for these two younger teams is not good. 21 and 24. That's usually the theme. And defensively, they're getting after it. Cleveland is a fantastic fourth, and Minnesota's up to 11th. So. A lot different. These two teams played last year. This would have been a 235 game. They were like 27th and 29th in the league in defense. And now here they are 4th and 11th. So a big difference from last season, no question about it. Um, who can you look for here? Garland's been super steady, 7-3. But he's probably going to get Pat Bev agitation for a bunch of this game. So that's not going to help matters. But he has been clutch. Uh, Lori Markkinen's priced well at 5'7". And then the two bigs, you've got a you know potential for either one of these guys to go off. Evan Mobley, 6'8", and Jared Allen, 7'8". So for those that are looking at a medium price build, uh, those two guys, one of them for sure, would be in play for you. On the <clears throat> Minnesota side, if Russell sits, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards at 8'4", becomes the, the go-to guy. I've mentioned that on several times. If Russell plays, he's 9K, which is a little pricey. Uh, and when Russell, Edwards, and Cat play, it's hard because Cat's 10-3. So Minnesota really is in that <clears throat> situation. Like, you know, when you have the big three or big four, it's hard to really spend up and expect, you know, just one of those guys to, to go through the roof and not share it with the others. Jared Vanderbilt's also been playing terrific ball. He's 5-2 now, but, you know, he's a sneaky guy that can get you 30, 35 fantasy points and go 7-8x. So I do like this side of the ball, but, you know, again, not racing to this game because I think these two teams 
are deliberately trying to slow it down a bit and play better defense. But, you know, let's see what the news is on Russell and determine if we want to try to go with a one-off in this one. All right, another 8 o'clock game. There's like a million 8 o'clock games. There's actually two more still, uh, with this one being the Lakers and Thunder. You've got one of the oldest teams in NBA history in the Lakers and one of the youngest teams in NBA history, the Thunder, squaring off. Lakers are only favored by five and a half. That is pretty sad state of affairs for the Lakers. It's a 217 total, and uh, implied for the Lakers is 111.25 for Oklahoma City, 105.75. What I think Vegas is screaming is, we expect some of these Lakers guys to sit, and maybe even more than one, and I do too. I, I'm just waiting to hear who's it going to be, LeBron and Davis? You know, do they give Westbrook a game off? I don't know, but a combination of these guys are going to sit. I, I could guarantee you they it, they will not go into the, uh, the Thunder game uh, with a full roster. I'd be shocked if that happens. So we'll see. No news yet. Nothing <clears throat> whatsoever. It's morning, so we still got a long time. Uh, the, the big thing, too, you got to remember, Lakers are on the second night of a back-to-back. So it's the Thunder. It's the second night of a back-to-back and the oldest team in the league. So, uh, you know, it's hard to give any description to the Lakers here until we know who's actually going to sit. Uh, the Lakers, by the way, are uh, 13 and 13. The Thunder are 8 and 16. Um, so that one, uh, you know, isn't that bad considering. As of now, we already know Rondo's questionable or reason none out and none of the teenagers from the Thunder are injured. So, how, you know, what do we want to discuss here? Lakers are 10th in pace, the Thunder 12th, uh, so that's not bad at all. 23rd and 30 uh, in offensive efficiency, not what we want to hear. Lakers are only 12th in defense, the Thunder 21st, so that does open up the avenues a bit for some scoring. Um, Again, let's see who sits out. If two of the three bigs of Westbrook, James, and Davis sit, then, you know, lock and load the other, the third guy. If uh, just one of them sits, then, you know, we need to look at this. Uh, The interior with Baisley and Robinson Earl defensively for the Thunder and then, you know, leaves a lot to be desired. So Davis could be a target, but I think he's also the guy that may sit. Um, You know, we have to see that. How is LeBron going to do if he plays in a back-to-back? You know, if Davis or Russell sit, then you go that direction. Uh, Westbrook, it is in Oklahoma City. That's his home base. That's where he has all his uh, ties and, you know, people, family. He's got all kind of restaurant there. He's got a bunch of advertising gigs. So it is his hometown uh, now, adopted hometown, if you will. Uh, so Russ is, you know, at 10-2, he's been so bad, though. And he's more than LeBron and Davis, which is mind-bending to me. LeBron's 9-8 and Davis is 9-6. So the only way I play Westbrook here is if at least one of those other guys sit. I do think, you know, he'll do well because, you know, he really feeds off that Oklahoma City crowd and they absolutely love him. I mean, I've been there uh, for games in person when he's played and they just go crazy. So uh, I'd, I'd love to say I'm definitely going to roster him, but he's been so inconsistent. 
And at that 10-2 price, it scares me. But that narrative of being at home is big for him. And he's certainly going to be considered. Uh, I'm The greatest thing in the world would be if James and Davis sat. I would put Westbrook and Dwight Howard in there, and I'd feel so happy, and maybe even Horton Tucker at 4-9. So, uh, you know, once we see how that all shakes out. But if guys do sit, the, the two guys I like the most are, are Horton Tucker, 4-9, and Malik Monk at 4-8. They're, they're not super cheap, but I think they can get good numbers if they have the opportunity. On the Oklahoma City side, you know, it's the same thing. Do you, do you go to Shea at 8-2? Uh, if this game's going to stay close, he's going to have to have a big game. He is their man. So he's definitely, you know, can be in consideration here. Uh, I think he's he's a nice play. Dort at 5-5 and Giddy at 6-4 would be the only other two Thunder players uh, that I'd be interested in. Dort is, is hit and miss a little more. Giddy had sat uh, with an injury, but he's back now. If he gets good enough run and the game stays close, he is a triple-double potential uh, kind of guy. So definitely want some exposure here, but it's all going to be determined on uh, what news breaks as the day goes on. All right, the last 8 o'clock game is the Milwaukee Bucks and the Houston Rockets. You've got Houston on the first night of a back-to-back island game for Milwaukee. Milwaukee's favored by eight, a night 225 and a half total here. So we have all kinds of good games to choose from today. 116.75 implied for Milwaukee, 108.75 for the Houston Rockets. Um, as far as records coming into this game, Milwaukee's up to 16 and 10 after a slow start. They're playing well. Rockets are 8 and 16. We have Giannis listed as probable. Uh, we have George Hill listed as um, questionable. Then DiVincenzo Lopez and Ojale remain out. The guys out for Houston, Garuba, Green, House, Porter, and Wall. So still shorthanded on the guard side uh, for sure. As far as uh, statistically, you got great pace here. Milwaukee 8th and Houston first. So pace up game for Milwaukee, that doesn't happen that often. Uh, That makes this game fun. Um, Offensive efficiency, Milwaukee 10th, Houston 27. Milwaukee's up to 8th defensively, so that stings a little on on rostering many Houston guys. But Houston is 20th, so, you know, definitely potential. The big thing is, does this game stay close enough? It's in Houston. If it stays close enough, it's going to be a great game to roster people. If it blows out and you don't get that last six, seven-minute run from guys like Giannis and Middleton and Holiday, you know, it's going to bite you in the in the backside. So, you know, that's really the game scripting has to be figured here. How do you see this flying? I personally think, uh, you know, I Milwaukee handles this game a little easier than what the spread says. I think, you know, 15, 18-point victory, I think, is well in hand for Milwaukee. Uh, I know Houston's been doing it with mirrors lately. But, you know, when you're looking at a possible starting lineup of uh, Brooks or and Gordon, Eric Gordon played well for us the last time out. Garrison Matthews has been out of his mind the last few games. He's going to be the guy that everybody runs to. But is that a trap? You know, that scares me. I mean, he's he's the glory boy for the day and going to get way over-owned. I get it at 4-4, but I smell Trap City 
Jay Sean Tate at 6'9". And then Christian Wood's been terrific at 9'3", but he gets that Giannis and Portis interior defense, which doesn't make me want to run to him uh, to pay up. Jen Goon, Martin, Augustine, those guys off the bench, nothing makes you, you know, excited there. Uh, Eric Gordon's the one guy that I will say uh, that I have some interest in because he's still super cheap at 5'5". His usage with mainly, you know, the the guards off the, the floor for Houston that are all out hurt in green and Porter, Gordon's usage goes through the roof. So he's hard, uh, you know, in projections here to pass up. So he's very well made my, may make my lineup again. And he was on, uh, you know, on pace to go nine X last game. And then he got thrown out in the third quarter with two technicals. So, you know, he would be the guy from Houston that I target here. Uh, and really the guy that has the most interest on the Milwaukee side. I do love the big payup guys. I do, but I just don't know if I want to get there in a game that could blow out. You know, Holiday at 7-9 is reasonable. I could go there. Middleton at 7-3 is, you know, still nice and, and affordable. Would love to go there. Giannis at 10-9 is a little high. And as much as I like Bobby Portis at 7-1, you know, he's now up into that mid-range pricing. Uh, you know, this is going to be the risk-reward game for a lot of people. Either, you know, you're going to roster guys here, it's going to stay close and it can be a pivotal game. Or if you're going to do more like I'm initially planning of fading it somewhat, you know, maybe one one off here, uh, you know, it can it can bite you and sink you, but you can't play all the big games. I'd love to say, yeah, let's take the top five games tonight and just smash them with, with a bunch of players. You have to make some de- decisions based on game scripting and of, of the huge uh, total games, uh, total games, which there are three or four of them, I think this one has the best chance to blow out, which, you know, is a bit of a concern. So uh, I'm treading lightly. I'll be holding my breath on that game one way or the other. Uh, If I can fit a Middleton or Holiday, I'd do it in a heartbeat and follow it with Gordon on the other side. But that is yet to be determined, my friends. All right. Last game, ninth game. It's the only night game uh, two hours later than everybody else. So it's a 10 o'clock Boston Phoenix should be a really fun game to watch. Um, Boston, uh, comes in as an underdog Phoenix favored by five. The totals 216, 105 and a half for Boston, 110 and a half, uh, for the Phoenix Suns. Boston comes in at 13 and 13 Phoenix at a ridiculous 20 and four. And I remind you, they were one in three. So 19 and one in their last 20, unbelievable. Um, injuries, Jalen Brown and Bruno Fernando remain out for the Phoenix Suns. The main man, Devin Booker, is out. Kaminsky, Nader, and Saric are also out. So we know pretty much the lay of the land without any surprising news in this game. Uh, so we can take a look at it from there. Boston is 20th in pace, Phoenix fourth. So good pace up for Boston. Uh, pace down for sure for Phoenix. Offensive efficiency, Boston in the middle of the pack at 15th, Phoenix at 5th. But both teams are playing good D. Boston's 10th, Phoenix 2nd. So that is a little bit of a concern. Don't want to put too many eggs in this late-night basket, but having a little exposure would be very nice. Um, You've got Schroeder at 6'5", I think is, is a playable commodity here. 
he's really been shooting the ball well. He was a little tight when he played the Lakers, but other than that, he's been good. Uh, he bounced back the last game to play well. Jason Tatum is a phenomenal payup guy. He's of uh, the two, the, the, he'll be one of three. I'm going to go with two out of three guys as my payups. He's the third, maybe not making it or maybe bumping one of the other guys, but he's nine, nine. And he's the focal point of their offense with Brown out. He is their go-to guy. You know, my only concern is he's going to get harassment from Mikhail Bridges, a little help from Jay Crowder and Phoenix is second in the league in defense. So that's the concern. That doesn't mean Brown is a pass. I still think Brown, you know, has to be a focal point here if they're going to keep this game close. So on the fence there, looking at it as a possible payup for me, uh, but haven't, uh, you know, really locked it in yet. Uh, Al Horford at 6'7", Robert Williams at 5'6", can be considered. Uh, not really interested in the bench of Boston. Uh, Ennis Freedom. Uh, not in play for me, but I just wanted to say his name. So there you go. Phoenix, uh, Chris Paul at 8-3, a little pricey, but interested, especially with Booker off the floor. He has to take a little more offense on his shoulders. So Paul is a, a potential play. Mikhail Bridges, I think, is fair at 5-6, uh, but he's going to get Tatum defense. So maybe they eliminate each other. I know Bridges is that good defensively. Um on uh, DeAndre Ayton, very fair at 7-5. I mean, I think he, he gets some attention here. Cam Johnson is shown to be very valuable off the bench, uh, splitting time a bit with Landry Shamit. But I like I like Johnson better than Shamit. He is more expensive at 4-6, but he can have some uh, in the right matchups. Um, the thing with Chris Paul at 8-3 also, Marcus Smart defense, also a little annoying. So this, you know, this game is as nice as it is. And as much as I want exposure here that, you know, the chips don't all align as much like they did in some of these other earlier games. So I may find myself with some secondary plays here, like a Bridges or Williams or Horford or somebody in that nature, or Cam Johnson, but probably not the big boys, really, the more and more I talk myself out of it. So that's what it looks like. Uh, we've got nine games again, all set here on this uh, schedule. Just as a reminder, uh, if you can take a minute, really super appreciate it on uh, YouTube. Thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, and then give us that comment. Let us know what you think. Do you enjoy the podcast? Do you have suggestions, stuff you want in, stuff you want out? Uh, I would love to hear that. That would make a big difference for me. We want to make this the best time you spend for your DFS uh, lineups for the entire day. We want to be your go-to play. So uh, let us uh, definitely let us know what that feedback is. Uh, if you want to sign up, again, as little as a three-day pass for $10, then you get Football Sunday involved with that. It uh, Go to dfscoachtalk.com, and uh, you can sign up right there. Uh, also, tomorrow is going to be a terrific uh, slate. We have seven total NBA games, six on the main slate. And tomorrow is my favorite uh, NBA podcast of the week. It is Mr. Josh Crash Davis and I will be on tomorrow morning. We'll be going over that six-game main slate for Saturday night. We'll also build a two brains are better than one lineup uh, on FanDuel for a GPP play. So definitely join us for that. Keep an eye out for some emails coming your way. 
uh, our man John Wehasen is putting together a, a Christmas uh, offering that's going to be a real special deal for some people that want to join in for the rest of the football and basketball season. So we really appreciate the time you spend with us. Uh, it doesn't go for naught, and we hope that this helps you build some winners. Let us know about those winners so we can show you some love. And definitely tune in again tomorrow as we look to crush it in NBA DFS.